Welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, how are you and where are you? I'm in a bathroom uh, bathroom in a, a New York hotel room. Um, you'll notice the fixtures behind me. Uh, mm-hmm. Why I've retreated to the bathroom has to do with They're even worse out there than they are in here. Um, mm. I also have no voice given that I choked on a supplement the other day and had to, um, yeah, had to induce a kind of retching in order to get it out uh, rather than call my wife for the Heimlich, which I would have found embarrassing. So uh, that's an interesting calculation because like the sort of maritally, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to be <laughs> owing, right? Exactly. You're, you're exactly right. Remember yeah. that time I gave you the Heimlich, you know? Um, <laughs> that, 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 that's a category four debt in marriage, you know? And right. so, yes, exactly. Yeah. Rather, rather than that, I kneeled on the floor on all fours like a camel and, and, and <laughs> deliberately retched up these horrible pills I'd taken. I don't know what I was hoping some boost to my masculinity or my vitality. I'm not sure it wasn't worth it, but I, I scorched my throat and it's just terrible. So I apologize. Oh my goodness. Is it still, do you still feel it? You know, whenever you've had something in your lung that was larger than a pea, uh, you, you can still feel it. The lung has a kind of muscle memory for for for, for obstructions. Um, yeah, yeah. L- so. Lungs don't play that. They don't, they, they, <laughs> they're not about that at, at all. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Walter. That's te- that's terrible. But I, but I'm fired up today. I, I I'm just fired up. I don't know why. So, well, we despite- I think we both are. I, I think I think a line has been crossed. Uh, in, another in- line. I know, well, no, but this this one, this one pissed me off in a, in a way that I, I'm I'm not used to. I don't usually take this stuff personally, but we should set it up. Uh, so this in the last week or so, a series of things have happened that have dramatically advanced the landscape of internet censorship, speech suppression, the European Union. Uh, their Digital Services Act went into force, and we're going to get into what that means because there's some aspects to that that should really freak out uh, anybody in the United States. But particularly if you live in Europe and you don't know what this is, uh, you're going to want to look up this law pretty quick because it's it's dramatic, and for Americans, it it uh, it's it's clearly the future for us. I mean, this is what's coming. Um, but then here in the United States, we had a, um, a number of incidents. There were, well, there was an incident involving an American in Germany named CJ Hopkins, who got actually sentenced to 60 days in jail for, um, a book cover that has a basically, basically an indistinguishable outline of a swastika on it that he was using critically not to endorse the third Reich, but, Otherwise, uh, so he, he actually got jail time for speech, a non-story in America. But the big thing was the gray zone. And we've talked before about interruptions to GoFundMe campaigns, but they 
the gray zone, which is Max Blumenthal, Aaron Mate, sort of left-leaning, I guess, anti-war journalists. They had a like $125,000 fundraising campaign frozen for no reason at all. And there's a reason why this is different. But Walter, what was your reaction to this news? Because I, I lost it when I heard about this. Well, let's explain briefly what the gray zone is. Uh, the gray zone is a website uh, that reports on foreign affairs mostly, right? Um, war and peace, and does so rather critically of the U.S. establishment, and particularly what Mark Twain would call the war party. Right. Um, and uh, the sort of permanent uh, neocon, neoliberal, I don't know, neo-neo-war party. It reports uh, critically, but using, I think, very high journalistic standards, and it has fine journalists associated with it. And as I understand it, they started to go fund me in order to sort of seed the careers at the gray zone of three journalists, younger journalists, um, who they were hoping to, you know, get off the ground. And uh, that was the basis of the campaign. So what happened to it? And one of them was was Kit Clarenberg, who was detained in England a little while ago for eight hours at Heathrow, if you if you remember, mm-hmm. um, just for coming. They they just he's he's, in, he's English. He came into the country and was questioned about his sort of views on Ukraine uh, on on the way in the country. So this was a it was a campaign to raise money to basically fund the reporting of Kit, uh, Kit Clarenberg, uh, Wyatt Reed, and I'm forgetting who the third person, it might be Anya Parampil, I can't, I can't remember. But they just froze it without any explanation. Um, well, they gave an explanation. External forces, they said. Uh, right. Ex- what, what does that mean? It means uh, the man. In terms of old, uh, you know, Motown music, it means the man or uh, uh, the powers that be. Uh, It's one of those spooky, uh, euphemistic explanations that they were supposed to understand, I think, implicitly. Now, just so that everybody can sort things into the right piles, is the gray zone a left-wing or a right-wing publication? I would say it's I would say it's left wing. Yeah, I, I would I say would that the, the 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 people who work there would certainly describe themselves as left wing. I think their politics yeah. are in that direction. Um, right. and you know, I, I I talked to Max yesterday, Max Blumenthal, um, and he's obviously furious. He sees this as a just the latest, and in a way, he was almost casual about it because. They've dealt with a series of things beginning, you know, including the detention of their reporter, Kit Clarenberg. But also remember, Aaron Mate's name was forwarded by the FBI to Twitter um, by the Ukrainian Secret Service, the SBU. We, we found Aaron's name in the Twitter files 
mm-hmm. as uh, on a list of accounts that the Ukrainian government wanted um, wanted removed. Now they didn't do it. Twitter, to its credit, didn't do it, but the FBI passed that note on, and so. GoFundMe has already had a series of episodes that have been politicized. We had the Freedom Convoy last year at the beginning of last year, where something like $10 million uh, was raised to, to basically to support the, the protesting Canadian truckers in the, in the beginning of last year. I think it was actually $7.8 million. And then GoFundMe put a stop to the fundraiser. But worse, I believe they identified the, the they identified the donors. Did they not? I I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not. They must have because those donors were then tracked down by some of them by journalists. So, um, you know, something along those lines. But they but they did this in conjunction with Canadian uh, authorities. You know, they issued a statement saying we now have evidence from law enforcement. Uh, that the previously peaceful demonstration has become an occupation with police mm. reports of violence and other unlawful activity. Um, so there, at least they cited violence. Remember, there was another incident a couple of years ago that people forget about. I, I thought this was this significant, serious incident, but nobody talks about it because this is, issue was is so radioactive. But Abigail Schreier the author of the book Irreversible Damage, which looks at the trans movement and really mainly focuses on the question of, you know, why, why more young girls now are transitioning in a world where previously, you know, mostly it was happening the other, in the other direction, right? It was young mm-hmm. men who were trans, transitioning. That book right. became, it was denounced as transphobic. Uh, Amazon refused to uh, run ads from her um, her publisher, Regenery. Kirkus, which reviews everything, did not review her. Uh, there was an uprising at Spotify when she went on the Joe Rogan show. But then, just sort of quietly, amidst all of this, there was a group that tried to raise money because she couldn't advertise on Amazon. There was a group that tried to raise money literally to buy, to rent billboard space to publicize mm-hmm. her book and GoFundMe shut that down too. Uh, now there have been other incidents, but this, this is a, this is a significant step forward because there couldn't possibly be anything like a legitimate reason uh, to suspend the GoFundMe re- uh, campaign paying for legitimate reporting uh, of a website that you may disagree with, but they haven't been convicted or even accused of a crime. And they're saying openly that this is external forces that are, that are making this decision. Since when is that? Okay. This is a dramatic step forward in terms of like the suppression of speech in this country and really everywhere. Once they once they get the lock on the money, that that's when it becomes, you know, irreversible. I think. Okay. Well, I I, I don't um, acknowledge or cede the legitimacy of GoFundMe's past demonetizations. Um, oh, I don't either. I'm and, just saying. And, yeah, and I don't, and I certainly don't in this case. Um, 
ministry of truth has now jacked itself in to whatever the ministry of prosperity is or whatever. I don't know that there was a ministry of finance in, in Orwell. Um, he, he didn't quite get this connection. Another, another knock on Orwell, the, 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 you know, the, the prophet who didn't see so completely because he thought that Stalin's Russia was the be all and end all of totalitarianism. Didn't realize it would get all sexy and modern the way it has. Uh, so, so yeah, um, they, they now have, have a warning. Um, they're bankers too, because once this news goes out that you're radioactive, uh, who wants to stick with you? I mean, uh, I'm not saying that anyone else has abandoned the gray zone, but, uh, I'm sure they're all considering it. Uh, you know, Matt, I, I, sometimes I feel like we're watching a bowling ball fall from the top floor of a skyscraper. And as it crosses the 90th floor on its way down, we go, can you believe it? It crossed that line. <laughs> and then it crosses the 89th floor and we go, this is too much. And at the 70th right. floor, we yeah. say, this yeah. has to stop. But the truth is the bowling ball is ruled by gravity and is going to go all the way as far as I can tell. Um, and the point at which I'm uh, going to be outraged again uh, is unforeseeable because shock and surprise no longer do it. Uh, we either have to uh, take a very cool, fatalistic view of what's going on, or we have to strategize about how we can change it. And you and I being journalists, of course, believe that consciousness and raising consciousness is itself a measure of, uh, you know, objection uh, in this case, because we're editorializing. Uh, but I, 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 I fear for, I, I don't fear for anything anymore. I, I await the bowling ball hitting, you know, floors 10 and then the ground. Because look at this. The reason they're doing this isn't because the Ukrainian um, war and the support of it by the American government is in danger. This, there aren't mass protests on the streets. This right. isn't the 1960s. Have they had uh, problem one getting across, getting through any one of their funding uh, efforts. I mean, uh, you know, the money is sliding to Ukraine without any obstacles. There isn't any anti-war movement to speak of in the United States. So why are they doing this? Why are they acting the way you would expect them to act maybe in crisis or when they're losing, but not when they are passing, you know, billion dollar funding bills every other week. I think they're doing it because they can. This is a raw exercise in power. It's not, we're not in a moment of political negotiation where, you know, some big anti-war movement is taking shape. I mean, it's not even the Canadian truckers. There's no one out there with signs. There's, uh, you know, there's some blowback in terms of, you know, social media discourse, but it hasn't affected political reality yet. So why are why are they acting like we're in some kind of you know 
uh, last ditch effort to save an endangered policy. Well, the only thing I can think of is that some of this is automated, right? Um, you know, going through the Twitter files, uh, I was looking at some old stories and I found an incident that we never wrote about, but it's in there uh, involving Bill Gates, uh, where they, they had hashtags um, uh, that people were upset about. There, there was an unnamed client that, that Twitter described uh, that said they were worried about the hashtag cancel Bill Gates or expo- hashtag expose Bill Gates. And there was internal discussion about this. And they were wondering what to do because we don't have a reason to do it, right? Like that, that was the, the, the problem that these executives were dealing with. We have an upset client who's unnamed, an, uh, an external client, uh, but we don't have a reason to get rid of this hashtag. Then they went and looked and they found, oh, we've already deny listed um, cancel, hashtag cancel Bill Gates because it, uh, it somehow crossed their their algorithm so then they went in um and because they already had a, an algorithmic strike against this uh against this term they went they they what did what they call a proactive deny list on variations of that and so i think what happens in this situation clearly aaron max blumenthal kit clarenberg uh, and Anya Parampil and the other members of the gray zone, they're clearly on some kind of list already. Uh, Aaron obviously ended up well, on. You mean uh, besides the besides the Ukraine uh, Ukrainian regime's list? Uh, but but is it a list at GoFundMe or is it a list somewhere in Homeland Security or Defense Department? Where would it? exist well it could it, it could exist all in lots of different places like it, it could be a global engagement center situation i mean i don't i can't say that with certainty but they would they define um uh, the gray zone as being part of the uh, a russian information ecosystem probably you know uh and so some of these algorithmic techniques they're one hop or two hop so if yeah sort of x uh figure who's banned from gofundme already retweets or uh, you know the gray zone that might trigger something it's possible that this is an automated decision is all i'm saying like that, that, that that's that's in the realm of possibility uh but still as you say why do it? Like, what, what, once you've, once it becomes a news story, uh, rather than pull back immediately, which they haven't done yet, um, you know, clearly this is still going on. And that's a human decision, just as it's, uh, you know, the, the, there were human decisions be behind these other incidents involving the, the playwright CJ Hopkins and, in Germany or Roger Waters or, you know, even somebody who works for me, Matt, Matt Orfalia, he got, he got dinged this week for something ridiculous. Uh, what was an that? old video that, 
Oh, it, it was a video that we ran last year comparing uh, sort of Trumpian election denialism to the two Democrats in 2016 saying this election is rigged. And uh, it was just a series of clips placed side by side. There was no editorial sure. anything whatsoever. They later reviewed it, said it was suitable for all advertisers, sent us a note saying that. But then subsequently, they had another person relook at it and and decide that this was a this this violated their harmful policies. This is YouTube. Uh, yeah, YouTube. Okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, that you know that there was a possibility that it could uh, in, incite. Let's see, let me let me find the exact language because it's, it's so it's so infuriating. Um, but. But th- these are these are things that are done intentionally. Yeah, let me see. It was harmful or dangerous acts. This is the the findings from hum- Human Review. Uh, your selection, uh, you know, p- possibly uh, includes glorification, recruitment, or graphic portrayal of dangerous organizations. Uh, it's uh, this is content that may contain situations that may endanger participants. Uh, which is just absurd. I mean, what the, bullshit. So I you've mean, seen stuff on my seat. Yeah. So, yeah, just to, to review, his, his videos are simply mashups of pre-existing footage um, pointing out perhaps hypocrisy or conflicts or, you know, just comparing and contrasting the reporting of different stories without overt editorial comment. So which were the situations that all of the situations were those at MSNBC and CNN and Fox or whatever it was that he took these clips. Um, shouldn't, how is it that they don't get, you know, they don't get banned or they don't get flagged, but the, what, the, everything that's purely derived from them gets flagged. I, I guess it's not just speech anymore that we have to worry about. It's mere exhibition of artifacts in a way that is uh, thought to be unflattering or, quote, dangerous. But isn't it always, I mean, you're the one who knows, isn't it always a kind of national security um, Mm -hmm. argument that they're making? But then there's also a safety argument here as though somehow civil disorder or something is at risk. yeah, you, you have videos that are marked. Uh, we've had we've, some of those videos were were marked unsafe previously, mm-hmm. um, and, and yes, they, they are moving into this direction. And this is this whole classification of malinformation. And this is what people don't don't get. And they're like, oh, what's what's wrong with taking down fake news or 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 misinformation or disinformation? Well, the problem is they don't just do that like there are all sorts of reasons why things can be taken down they for instance we we saw accounts that were taken down because people entered search terms based on content they had seen from tweets that had been banned so let's let's say it was one of those exposed bill gates tweets mm-hmm. um 
and there's information in that tweet, they enter a search term that comes from that tweet. That tweet then becomes itself bannable. Uh, and so even the act of looking up and checking and reviewing things that actually are facts that are, that, that isn't misinformation. So there's that a, becomes, there's another mm-hmm. word for that. That's called thought control because, uh, the search is not an act of speech in any public sense. It's merely uh, a thought in the mind of the, of the searcher that they, you know, that they employ in order to get somewhere. So they're censoring before there has even been a speech act there uh, on the basis of basically articulated thought typed in, you know, that is cutting it off at the root. I mean, my God, Uh, in other words, there could be no public effect from putting a search term into a computer. You know, no one can argue that that can incite anything or excite anything or, you know, disturb anyone. It was a private act, but the private act well, right. becomes. It's a private act. And yeah, it, be, it, be, it becomes a, a public menace. The YouTube has already had a policy of um, of dinging and applying strikes to people who have uploaded their videos privately, like they're ready to go. They're on the site, but they haven't been displayed yet. They, people get strikes for stuff that isn't even public um, or for making the search terms. Uh, but there, are, but this concept, you know, I mentioned before the, the, you know, we've decided to proactively deny lists, uh, you know, cancel Bill Gates and variations thereof. You know, there's a story that you and I have talked about before. We, we might as well reveal that, you know, there's something coming about this. But, uh, you know, we, we found documentation that Twitter was exploring. Um, let me find the exact language here. There was a tabletop exercise in October of 2020. And at the conclusion of that, tabletop exercise they listed a series of action items uh, things that had this come out a couple of, of weeks that before the ex- uh, before the election and the yep. table talk tabletop exercise uh was entitled or uh summarized as what trends election so so it was it came under that heading and and what was mm-hmm. it about? I mean, what were they gaming? What were they war gaming? Well, we there's still some unknowns in this story, but 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 we, what we can, we do know is that they listed a series of things, almost like uh like minutes to the meeting, and the first thing they listed was action item, explore proactively de- denialist trends related to claims of victory. November 3rd through that week. So this gets to what you were saying. Without knowing the exact context of uh, of that, we can't say exactly what they were up to, but we do know that proactively deny listing anything is automatically illegitimate censorship. Deny listing claims of victory in the upcoming presidential election. 
Right. Yes. Let's explore proactively denialisting claims of victory in the upcoming 2020 presidential election. So somebody was already, whether they employed this or not, they were at least at least wargaming the idea of proactively denialisting, which among other things means de-amplifying or almost eliminating in some cases claims of victory by one side or another. Like they don't specify, but you can use your imagination there. Yeah. Uh, but th- th- think of the arrogance of this to before you even know whether these claims are legitimate or not, whether whether there's any basis to them or not, before you even know what they're about, uh, we're going to pre- proactively deny list uh, this material. Now, in the case of the Bill Gates thing, they actually made some errors, right? Like there, there were some hashtag exposed Bill Gates uh, tweets that were, um, uh, among other things, posted true mortality rates of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was considered misinformation because it sent the wrong message about vaccination, but it was true. And so this is where we get into this whole area of we're going to choke off speech. We're going to make it difficult for you to look up true facts. We're going to make it, we're going to make it hard for you to raise money to do the reporting that would come, uh, that would allow you to have a different opinion about anything. I mean, it's just an extraordinary range of things. Yeah. Let's, let's um, classify, define the pincer action here. We can stop you. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America this week to hear the full version, please subscribe at www.racket.news.